as entrepreneurs, we know the power of connection, the ability to build a genius network, a network of really talented individuals where we're aligned and we're out there making a huge difference. There is no shortage of books. There's no shortage of podcasts. There's so many people giving you advice. I'm a big believer in results, so, and I, I'm looking for who's making a big difference. And we have a guest today who is making a big difference, uh, Michael Simmons. He's not only uh, an extremely talented entrepreneur from a very young age, tremendous experience. He's held over 600 entrepreneurial events. He's using the power of relationships to connect through an awful lot of different medias, tools, and you need to know. I'm John Bowen, AESNation.com. Stay tuned. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. Michael, I am so excited to have you join us today. I mean, this is uh, yeah, a real privilege. I mean, you're, you're out there making a difference. I love having the opportunity to share you with our entrepreneurial audience. We're all looking how to do it. And we're looking for bright, young talent, too, that you know, is uh, doing it in all kinds of different directions. So first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. I'm super, super excited to connect with you today and your audience. Well, and, you know, and I, I was taking a look um, at your background and all the different resources. And, uh, you know, I pulled up your dossier using one of the Internet tools we'll talk about later. And you had the longest one. And you're one <laughs> of the youngest guys I've interviewed at 32. But I, I know you... You, you've been an entrepreneur for a lot longer than some of the more seasoned age-wise uh, <laughs> entrepreneurs. Tell us how you got started in all this. I started my first business when I was in high school, and pretty much from the start, I got hooked on it. And, you know, I think in high school, when you do something like start a business, I was the only student in our entire high school, my co-founder and I, to do that. So we got a lot of attention, we got local press, and built up these identities about being entrepreneurs. And as I've evolved as an entrepreneur, I've really become passionate about how do you build a business and how scale your impact at the same time. And over time, I've just really developed a, a passion for relationships and how to integrate, how important they play in everything from our health and life satisfaction to the success of our businesses. Well, you know, Michael, one of the things that, you know, I always, I talk about, you know, have nailing client experience. You, you really think through whatever the business model and it's the experience you're going to deliver. And then the second part is going ahead and really, you know, getting people to raise their hand to explore working with you. And to do this, you know, on a small business, kind of a brick and mortar is one thing, but one of the, the big surprises when I looked at, your content and, and you know all the events you're doing, uh, coordinating and making this stuff all happen, all the different people you're touching. I mean, how, how did this all come about? I mean, you, you've got the entrepreneurship. You you know you started, you know at 16. You're 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 you and your partner are doing this. You get publicity and so on. Uh, a lot of people kind of never take it that next step, but you've continued and you're looking to inspire a whole group of entrepreneurs. I mean. Uh, tell us how that came about and what you're doing to do that. Uh, well, I think some of the organizing principles of my career have been how do you create wealth, how do you create impact, 
and also how do you do it in a lifestyle that you really enjoy you know that's healthy where you're not constantly being sleep deprived and stressed and you can work with people that you learn it and grow from so I think those organizing principles led me to writing a book when I was in college that became a, a Amazon bestseller and being invited to speak and when uh, my wife and I girlfriend at the time co-founded the business we felt like you know we're just a few of many many young entrepreneurs and many of the places we were speaking they didn't really have a community of young entrepreneurs to realize what was possible they weren't in technological hotbeds so you know they didn't really have anybody in their community to say this was possible and if you said there's a young entrepreneur it's getting more common now but but still if you live in a, a rural community uh, it feels like it's impossible and you hear about somebody becoming a millionaire and when they're in their teenager or 20s just sounds like you're smoking something no, it is. And, and one of the things that uh, yeah, I, I see over and over again, you know, I mean, I'm in Silicon Valley, so kind of, you know, it's expected here. I mean, it's, you know, that, it, you, that you start businesses. But even here, there's really such a small percentage of people that are entrepreneurs. And with all the tools and technology, the opportunity to really make a difference, make an impact has never been greater. And one of the things that attracted me, uh, Michael, to your story was, that you know you're helping empowering young entrepreneurs and you're taking a different perspective than you know some of us who you know for this podcast is largely the audiences people who have already been very successful and you know we want to continue you know going up not not necessarily to make more money although that's a great thing but we're passionate about making you know as Steve Jobs talked about that den in the universe well you've got a whole bunch yeah. of young entrepreneurs that want to do that too and when you when you're going around to all these events I mean what are you telling them it sounds corny but you know what, what I've learned is that if something doesn't believe something's possible hearing from somebody that they can really relate to and just learning more about their story and is can be life-changing and that's how I first became an entrepreneur is hearing stories of young entrepreneurs when no one in my family was a young entrepreneur was kind of the initial inspiration. So how do you get to the point where it's possible, I think, relatable role model? And I think working with the speakers to tell your story in a, in a vulnerable way, I think a typical entrepreneur story people tell is, you know, 10 years ago or in the past, I had challenges, I overcame them, I'm successful, and look at all these things that, that show my success. And the challenge with having that kind of narrative is that it can make it unrelatable because people are present to, you're kind of showing your front of the scenes and people know about their, their front of the scenes as they're having challenges and, you know, they feel, oh, I guess I'm not just an entrepreneur, I'm not an entrepreneur because I, I have all these challenges. Well, and I think, you know, it's so often all of us have this fear of rejection and, you know, I mean, we get caught up in the challenges of entrepreneurship and it, it's really easy not to keep going. I mean, the, the big drivers that we see are focus. You know, we're focusing on one area. Market right. gives us feedback. Right, I see that a lot too. Yeah, that we might change. But the other part is massive deliberate action. That, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it really is, uh, it takes a lot of action given all the noise in the marketplace to emerge, to make something happen. 
And there's so many people on the sidelines, you know, some cheering you on, but that's a small part of the crowd. There's an awful lot that are kind of, you know, have no attention and others really, you know, that there's, you know, jealousy or they just don't think they're telling you, they're giving you feedback that they don't think it's going to work. And it can be very discouraging along the way. How do you help the, you know, the entrepreneurs that are coming together or how are they helped in the different events you're doing to really kind of overcome that initial, um, you know, I mean, you know, here Silicon Valley failure is celebrated. Now, it's not celebrated yeah. a lot immediately, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, afterwards, exactly. uh, you know, it's not. But, you know, fail quick is uh, certainly a slogan of Silicon Valley. Now, have big successes, let them run is another <laughs> one, though, too. Yeah, we, we do an annual event to recognize and showcase some of the country's top young entrepreneurs. We've done it for four years now at the White House, United Nations, and NASDAQ. And so those are entrepreneurs who built multi-million dollar businesses. They're scaling very, very rapidly. And you know, I think how we create an environment that's supportive is one, making it really where there's taking the people's agendas off the table or hierarchy and really taking a place where everyone's unique, everyone has something to add. And uh, you're creating an environment where people can be honest about their challenges because sometimes more success, the more challenges is sometimes the reality of it. You just have bigger challenges, the problems you're trying to solve. So you know, creating that environment is key. And also something we do so people create lasting relationships is create an environment where people can share their biggest gifts. So we, at our last event, everyone had a, a chance to do a five-minute talk where you really condense down their biggest insight that they've learned throughout their career that they felt like other people in the room probably didn't know that could be a value to them. So that way, everyone walked away from the event feeling like, all right, like I, I know who I could go to if I have a question and I've walked away with concrete action steps. No, that's so great. I mean, we do in our mastermind group, we have 10-minute talks. You know, they're styled after Ted, uh, Joe mm -hmm. Polish, one of the fellows I'm in his mastermind group. He also does the 10 uh, X talks and they just been, it's so valuable to hear from other entrepreneurs, what they're doing and how they're overcoming these challenges because, you know, success does beget more success, but as you become more successful, there's more challenges. And, uh, I've got a couple billionaire friends. Some of they're the most sued people in the world. Uh, <laughs> one of them has over a hundred lawsuits and, you know, for most of us that would be worrying, but that's just part of the opportunity you do attract a lot of challenges you know one of the things i want to get to and I, I just want to give this framing you know what you've got going on but what what i really want to dive into is this power of connections because i mean you're you're shooting out the un the white house a hundred extremely successful young entrepreneurs i mean this doesn't happen because you you just decide one day um let's hold an event uh, since I do an awful lot of events, I know it takes a lot of work and I, I, I don't know, maybe my career I've done 600. I'm not even sure. Yeah, probably have done 600, but that's over a long professional career. You've done it in a much more compressed and really at the top of the game from the, uh, the beginning, how, how did you start developing relationships? Well, two things that I've done that maybe just came naturally, uh, because of how I grew up. Our one is vulnerability. There's a great quote that had a big impact on me when I was in college reading uh, Gandhi's autobiography where he says, 
uh, that he was never, don't ever be afraid of the truth. And it's a really simple idea, but there's a lot of things if you think about it on a day-to-day basis where we try to hide it from other people. You know, we feel that if we tell other people this thing about us that we're going to, they're going to distance themselves and separate. And a lot of times by actually sharing our full story, uh, people can relate to us more. The, the simplest thing in the world, and I wrote an article for the Harvard Business Review that you know, there's a whole field of social psychology that's studying intimate relationships, intimate just meaning close relationship, not uh, romantic only. And vulnerability was one of the biggest things that really brought people together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's one thing is really getting to kind of a human level with people. Let's, and then let's stop there for a second because I, I want to go to that because that's one, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're supposed to be big and strong and, you know, can face any adversity. And and the reality is the most successful individuals really, uh, by and large, are authentic. They share right, themselves. Right. They're very generous with themselves and, and they're they're open and you know this is something that doesn't come natural for hard driving entrepreneurs and and the ability to create you know to share your narrative and your passions and also the challenges is where really connections are made and so i just want to uh, stop there for a second for all of us as entrepreneurs you know as you're watching this or listening to it is Think about how are you doing that? How are you making sure that you're authentic in all this so that you're open so that people can connect with you, the right people? And then, Michael, what, what, uh, you're going to a second lesson. I interrupt. So why don't you go with that? Yeah. And, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't overstate the power of vulnerability. And I think it also just comes to it's one of the power, most powerful ways that I've experienced of personal growth of just accepting your story and letting go of shame. Uh, so that's number one. And then number two is this idea of generosity that, you know, the more you give away knowledge, you don't lose anything. You actually gain relationships based on that. So I, you know, I'm always thinking about how I can be helpful to others and it's almost a skill. The better you get at it and the more times you do it, you can kind of very quickly see how you could be concretely, helpful to people. Uh, well, and it's, it's how we met, you know, uh, a mutual friend introduced us, uh, you know, not, you know, there, there is no monetary benefit to him doing that or, you know, and, and I'm, I'm certainly, you know, what happens is as people give in the power of uh, the law of reciprocity, that there's so much opportunity that all of a sudden you become real, you know, you're real first for someone you share, you let them know there's been challenges and so on. You understand, you have empathy with the other person, and then you're also helping them. Boy, it, it just, the, the relationship goes very quickly. You don't have to spend an awful lot of time to do that. That's the, you know, with the tools today. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. You know, there's somebody that I've interviewed a few times for articles named Adam Rifkin, and he was named by Fortune as one of the world's most connected people. And he has this idea called five-minute favors. Sometimes, sometimes being generous can be a very uh, intangible, big idea. So specific things he does is think about five-minute things you could do to help someone's life. So if there's somebody he's worked with in the past, he could endorse them on LinkedIn. He could give feedback on their website if he comes across a typo or, or things like that. A lot of times we just pass it over and assume they've seen it. 
and introductions uh, and even just advice and just being kind of direct and candid, you know, in the right way if you have that kind of relationship with someone to really try to be helpful. No, I mean, I, I hadn't heard that before, the five minute. I, I love that because it's, you know, it, sometimes we think it has to be some grand gesture. I mean, I, you know, the power of introductions is huge. You're just pointing out, I, I do that all the time. If I see something that's broken, you know, the old classic broken link, but there's something that's not right, never assume in today's world the other person knows about it. I mean, and yeah, even, if, even if they do, you know, they get they send a thank you. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, we're, we're all so busy that, you know, we need to you know, manage our energy. We, you know, we talk about managing time, it's really our energy, but then, you know, we can do these uh, touches. Now, one of the things though, so much of networking, you know, you read about is, you know, going to events and kind of letting things happen by chance. How can we be successful on purpose in doing our connections, Michael? I think one way is to make it a habit. I think over 40% of our behaviors are actually governed by the habits we do. So really incorporating that into our life. So a few concrete habits that I do and I really recommend is doing one introduction per day. And that's powerful for two reasons. One, introductions are really powerful. It can change someone's life. It can, can introduce them to their significant other, a close friend, a business partner. Like, it's pretty profound that five minutes of time, you could, have, you could change someone's life forever. And then two, just the habit of, okay, I gotta make an introduction today, kicks off you thinking, okay, how can I be helpful to other people? So in your conversations, you're thinking about how you can be helpful, is there anyone you can introduce them to so, and you can't just, you know, it's hard to think about, okay, who am I going to make an introduction to off my, off the top of my head? So you almost have, there's the process of keeping in touch with people that that could help kickstart as well. Uh, you know, one good practice as part of that is just to ping someone once a day, uh, ping one person a day, identify the 30 most important people in your career that really you're able to add value to, and they've given you the biggest opportunities and ping one person a day, five minutes, at, even one minute, send a thank you note, ask them how they're doing, ask if there's any way you could be helpful uh, through text or phone call. And that little habit over a year, you keep in touch with the 20 most important people in your life or the 30 most important once a month. That alone could change your yeah, life. No, I, I'm going to you know, ditto these. I, I have a list of 50. And I've been around a little longer, I guess. So, but you know, I it, the, really having that, and and I went through an exercise. This was with Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, and we were putting that down. And what what was so interesting, Michael, is that those fifty most important. The first time I did it was probably three years ago. Um, how I hadn't talked to some of them in maybe ten years. Wow! And it just. You know, I mean, we're, I'd count them as, you know, dear business friends. Sometimes they've been partners in different things and so on. But it was like, you know, I can't believe that. So what I started doing is just doing, you know, rituals, habits. But I do one a day, you know, just reach out and just connect. And it's not, you know, it takes two minutes to do that. And it's huge value. Um, I actually started this podcast doing five days a week. Most of my friends said, geez, John, you're crazy. <laughs> Well, the reason for it is I find that, you know, by connecting, you know, the introductions that come out of it, you know, it's, it's so powerful because it's an ever expanding group now that I get to work with that are making some really amazing thing happen. And this is why I would encourage, 
you know, our fellow entrepreneurs to do just what you're doing. It's just, you know, that one introduction, one connection, reconnection of those top, you know, 20, 30, 50, whatever number it is, because you're going to see an ever increasing real group of people who are invested in helping you that you can yeah. help. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it just, it's a lot of, it's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I'd add, which I think is uh, one thing that, that surprised me the most and also really powerful is that, you know, I was interviewing all these people and then creating content just like, just like you are. And what I realized is that the act of creating content was building some of my best relationships. Either I interviewed people or just, you know, people would read the articles and all of a sudden, even though it wasn't in person, I'd, I'd have a relationship with them. They, you know, before my first meeting with them, they'd already know a lot about me. Or after the first meeting, like they'd see they'd see the articles come out once a week or every once a, every two weeks. So my, one of my biggest insights is that, you know, for all of human history, we've basically built relationships in person, and the way you build relationships in person is through conversation, and. You know, I think it was 1937, Dale Carnegie wrote his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and really kind of write a, almost like a Bible. It's still like in the top Amazon 100, that's, which is amazing, you know, 70 odd years later. Uh, and it provides basic principles like smile, ask questions, see how you can be helpful, don't get into arguments. And basically, I think creating content is just as for the age we're going into. We're just starting over the past five years at a mass level. People are creating content. You know, you think about Facebook as social media, but even now LinkedIn, people have this ability to create content. And I don't think as a society we really have those principles yet. So people are struggling with how can they use content. So I've thought a lot about you know, the key principles that of how people can create content because I think that's one of the most powerful ways to build relationships. Well, and people want, I mean, you're a writer with Forbes and you know, you have a column uh, and, and the, you know, people want to, one of the ways of creating content is helping you with the interviews and so on. You know, we all like having our, our names, you know, as resources, but it's also, you know, and this isn't limited to the, you know, you write for the wall street journal, for instance, this is right. really, there's so many outlets today and they're all really desperate for content. And yeah, they really are. You know, I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of people make, uh, Michael, is that they think, geez, uh, I've written for one, one of the financial publications since 1994, a monthly column. I just I started a wow. weekly one with the Huffington post and, yeah, and and I'm 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 usually the number one person each year in that space, and you know I mean wow. it's just it's and it's been so powerful for meeting people, knowing people, and and uh, you know getting on the phone or now Skype and having connections, and and out of these conversations, you know something magical happens, not in every single one, but. In a lot of them, and that, you know, and this allows that ever expanding. And where in the past you and I had to be, you know, in a city together, we had to count on you know, through either our social or our business associate getting together, and we'd leave it for chance. Well, now we don't have to. We can be really successful together. You know, that one of the things that you do well, and you know, it's not only the rituals and habits, but you also are leveraging the tools. What are some of the tools? that you're finding are helpful for connecting? Well, uh, 
before I before I even answer that, it's just a broader tool to add on the content. I think all these platforms we have are incredible tools to create content. So LinkedIn just opened up with the LinkedIn Pulse program. Medium.com, you can create long form content. So whatever, in some people, I, you know, I personally love writing, but you know, some people, their natural way is best through video, some through audio, through podcasts. So you know, I really think that in the future and even more and more, you know, increasingly our reputation is our online reputation. And so, and content is one of the major things that people use to, to build a reputation now. And so, if, you know, in the future, I think if you don't have content, it'll almost be suspicious. Just like if you were going to look up a restaurant at Yelp and you didn't see any reviews, you're, are you going to go to that restaurant or are you going to go to the one with five stars and lots of people saying things about it? Yeah, no, I think this is so critical because what I, I see, you know, I mean, I'm a big believer in content and in, 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 not only for the credibility, because in today's world, you know, people want to work with individuals who are authority, but there's a lot of technical, you know, competent people that are authorities. What they're also looking for, somebody who's separating themselves, a little bit of a celebrity. Yeah. We're not talking about the movie side, but, you know, that they've, they've now risen above the crowd. And, you know, whether it's a Forbes or a Huffington Post, whether it's iTunes with a podcast, whether it's LinkedIn, uh, you know, Facebook, but they're out there doing, you know, doing something where it's very tangible and with a Google search, it all comes up. And, and that, that starts the conversation. And that's really what we're talking about here is I always think of marketing, uh, it, conversational marketing being one of the most important ways of growing your business, because by starting a conversation that's already in the mind in your ideal client, then what happens is you can attract them to raise their hand to explore working with you. Well, in today's world, with all the noise, content is one of the best ways of doing it. It's also how you can get other relationships, strategic partnerships, vendors, all this. And, and it's, I mean, all the platforms are desperate for you to uh, contribute. Yeah. And I, I used to look at it as like, okay, there's like this 1% of people who are content creators and they're the kind of the best in their industry. But really, we're going to a society where everyone creates content. You know, you, you know, we look at how many people are using Facebook every day and it's maybe sharded. I think a lot of people underestimate it because they're looking at Facebook or Twitter as these short form posts as not real content, but it really is ranging the gamut now. And I think a, a mistake that people make is also that it's just, you think it's so hard to do and, but not just hard, you know, it's easy to publish, but hard to get an audience. And I found that it's actually surprisingly easy to get, uh, to build relationships and for each of my articles I've written starting from scratch you know, over a thousand people ha have seen it uh, each art or have shared each article so each person you know, each article has been seen tens of thousands of times and really starting from you know writing no articles and not really a large network so there is you know specific things you could do that the reach. I mean, and that, that those are big, Michael. I mean, those are you know really going out and you know having that many shares and touching all these different people, and that's why we're both doing these type of things, and that allows us to identify those people that we should you know play together in our entrepreneurial uh, setting. But it, 
What it also does is, you know, I want to touch on, because, I mean, you're a little bit of an unusual entrepreneur in the sense that you're, you're a really pretty good writer. I've read a bunch of your pieces, <laughs> and a lot of entrepreneurs aren't good writers. You know, tend to be left brain. Right. You know, uh, I, I'm a financial guy. I'm left brain dominant. You know, I've managed money. You know, it's kind of re, you know, focused on the results, the whole thing. And I remember the first time I started writing my very first column, and I, I'm sure some of our fellow entrepreneurs are going, geez, I can't do that. And uh, it took a long time to get that first article out. And that, those days, they were longer. They were 1,600 words. So there was, I mean, <laughs> it, it was a struggle. There's nothing like a blank you know, computer screen. I think it was a blank word processor. I'm not even sure. I had a, I guess, 94. Yeah, we probably did have a computer. But the, the, that whole process, one of the things I want to bring up um, that I've found, and I just share, you know, that you, you want to be the author. You don't necessarily have to be the writer. What right. do I mean by that? You know, and, and maybe you can elaborate a little bit. I want it to be anything under my byline is my ideas. It's my, you know, people want to understand your perspective on whatever it is you're writing. But some of us, I struggled in English, uh, my classes in high school and college. And I, I'll tell you, every one of my English teachers would be amazed. I've written probably, I think we're at 12, 13 books, um, you know, wow. thousands and thousands of articles. Uh, but I'll tell you, after the first few years, I have a whole team of writers that work with me. And it really makes a huge difference. So fellow entrepreneurs, I want to encourage you to to, you know, just because we're talking about creating content and you don't think you have it in you, you do. You've got all kinds of life stories and experiences that people are very interested in your perspective. I mean, how, how have you found that, Michael? Yeah, well, you know, I, I wasn't similar to you. You know, writing wasn't my strength in, in school. It was my, my worst subject, actually. So, you know, I, I agree it does take time to develop it. Um, but, you know, I think there's also different formats, too, that people could get started in. You know, maybe you're more, you communicate really well through audio. That's not my, my strength, you know, being able to do something off the cuff, like I have better thinking through more details. But also, I think there's different article formats that work really well. I just published an article with Entrepreneur that had over 19,000 people share it. And I, I kind of crowdsourced the content. So I, I built a network. And I sourced kind of the, I had a query and I sourced the best knowledge in a specific area on productivity habits. And I really went back and forth with people multiple times and found research uh, for each person. So there wasn't a lot of writing, it was just more sourcing. So there's, you know, there's other formats. If you, that's not your well, that's, yeah, I mean, you don't have to come up with all the original ideas. Creating, you know, other people's idea, bringing it in a form that, you know, how others can use it, you know, giving full attribution. I mean, a lot of times people think, oh, I have to do everything. Well, no, actually, there's more credibility when you attribute it to someone else and you're just showing how that you've applied it or how they might apply it. I mean, this, this is great. Let me go to, um, I want to hit on the one segment here. And this is the application of the day. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it off camera. Why don't you share with me, you know, and our audience, because it's a, one of the tools I just started using. It sounds like you've been using a lot. Yeah, the tool that I recommend is Refresh. It's on a desktop, a mobile app, and it's designed for you to look at before you have a conversation with someone and very quickly see all the areas of commonality 
you have with them. This is different than, let's say, before a call, a lot of people go to LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and that ha- or you go on Facebook and look at their most recent posts. You know, re- what Refresh does is pull from every network, and it pulls the best content. So it won't just show the most recent tweets, although it will. It'll show what's been their most popular tweet of the past month. That's probably something you could probably bring up in conversation. I'll bring up unexpected commonalities that you didn't know you had. So let's say somebody lives in San Francisco and they've liked the San Francisco 49ers on their Facebook profile. All of a sudden, it'll on their refresh profile say, uh, the 49ers won yesterday 33-21. to 21. Their season record is XYZ. Uh, you might want to congratulate them. This is really cool thing. Well, like it's a great tool and it's free too. And I'm going to pull up uh, refresh the desktop version I have. And, you know, we get a report. It, if you sync it with your calendar, it gives you a report. And I've got Michael, your uh, uh, refresh. I'm going to just kind of scroll a little bit and you can see, you know, all the news, Michael's columns, his summary you know, on LinkedIn, his current positions. Uh, and it goes on and on. It's pulling up his tweets, you know, other roles he has, where he went to school, friends I have that went to school with you, Michael, and so on. And then uh, another good writer, <laughs> you know, online presence, the people in his life, his significant other, uh, his birthday, who he shares it with, celebrity, hometown, uh, you know, on and on and on, the inner circle, who are the people I'm connected with that he's connected with. I mean, you get the idea. there. This is, if you can't start a conversation out of this, then you, <laughs> you shouldn't call anybody. I mean, it's, it's a great tool. Yeah, and you know, one thing to keep in mind is one reason that my profile is long is because I create content. And I have no doubt that you know, more and more it's already the case. Before you meet someone, they're going to look at your fresh profile or they're going to Google you. So you want to, that's your content you create is going to be your first impression. Yeah, and this is, I mean, and then you know, I'll have somebody I have a meeting with and nothing shows up and it just it's kind of like you know i wonder you know i mean in my mind i go are they a player are they actually making something happen because they're they don't have a you know how could you not in today's world have an online presence and you know you have to be conscious of it and this is something you know you don't try to build it all overnight but having a strategic plan let's go to the next segment and this is the book of the day um, what would you recommend for your fellow entrepreneurs, Michael? So if you're in the mood for an academic book, but sometimes you know, some of the best research and insights are hidden in the academic world and just need to be carried over. Uh, one of my favorite authors is Ron Burt. Uh, he wrote a book called Structural Holes. And uh, you know, just a really quick overview, this is in a really exciting area that I've interviewed a lot of researchers in. It's called Network Science. And these are researchers who study networks. So a lot of times when you're hearing about relationships, people are giving anecdotal advice about you got to smile more and ask questions. These researchers mathematically will look, be able to look at a graph of, all, let's say, all your Facebook friends and how you're connected, and then be able to make a lot of conclusions based on that. So how the strong ties and weak ties. And you know, I think the big idea that you know, people should take away is when they're thinking about relationship building, they should think about the structure of their network. The they want them to have weak ties and strong ties. Weak ties really help you give novel information and new ideas. Strong ties are people you've known for a long time and you have more trust. You could do bigger things together. And then a, and a, the other big idea is 
in that book, he talks about closure and brokerage. So a lot of people, they spend their whole time kind of closing one network, so getting to know more and more people in one network. And that's good in the sense that you build trust, you get known in your space, let's say financial advising or planning. Mm -hmm. But the problem is if, you, if you're only in one area, your identity gets locked in there, you get stuck in groupthink. And uh, Ron Burt did this amazing study where he found that uh, one of the biggest predictors up to 66% of the explainable variance in someone's career success was explainable by whether they had an open network or a closed network. An open network being one where a lot of people don't know each other and you're in, you're in lots of different clusters. And the reason that's powerful is you could bring one idea from one cluster to another. So if you're a financial advisor in the financial advising space and you're in this other space that no one else is in, you're, you're uniquely able to bring those insights and connections and broker uh, that community. No, that, uh, that is so valuable. I see it so many times with uh, other entrepreneurs outside of an industry bring something from that other industry to an, the industry that they're well known in. And it just, you know, and it can transform industries. It's, it's hard if you're only hanging out with the same people day in right, and day out. Right, right. You know, no, it's a, it's a definitely I'll buy the book. I have not read it. I've got a couple of PhDs who specialize in that area, do research with us. And it, it is, um, it's a growing important area. Let me go to the next segment, which is resources. And what I'd like to do, I'm going to pull up, and it's flashing your impact, uh, IEMPACT.com for those of you who are listening on the audio. But I'm seeing Michael Gerber, I'm seeing the White House, I'm seeing all these drivers here of success. Uh, what is this uh, website? What resources? I thought I'd go through. Uh, Michael, this, The Extreme Entrepreneur, and also point out your uh, blog. So maybe give me a quick... Um, well, the, I'd say the two main resources, the iImpact is almost more of a, a B2B in the sense of like it, it's for people that bring us in for events. You know, you can see a lot of my writing if you go to MichaelD, as in DanielSimmons.com. You know, I've written for Harvard Re Business Review, Huffington Post, uh, Inc, Entrepreneur, Forbes, and uh, other places. And so a lot of my writing on networks is there. And I've interviewed some of the top researchers and practitioners in the world in that area. Uh, that's great. And, and tell, just touch on also, I'm going to put up on the screen the uh, uh, extreme entrepreneurship. And this is the uh, business that you're doing with the, um, all the events, really, the largest part of the events, isn't it? Yeah, we've done... Uh, since 2006, we've done over 600 events. When we started, we originally got a 32-foot bus and wrapped it, and and have gone all across the country at colleges and universities, uh, economic development corporations, workforce development, small business development centers, and really spreading entrepreneurship. Yeah, uh, it's it's great, Michael. Let me go over the key takeaways I'm taking from this interview. And I want to share these with our, I got a whole bunch of notes. And I mean, this is one of my favorite subjects is connections and the, the power of connections. And when I, I look at this and uh, the very first thing is the importance of relationships with over and over again, I see the most successful entrepreneurs have really, you know, the, a large number of connections. And I think it's important to recognize they're not all strong. You can have strong and weak as Michael was talking about. And this is, 
you have to make a conscious decision to have relationships. So the power of that and what Michael's been able to accomplish in a short period of time and almost everybody that I've had the privilege of interviewing or working with what they've accomplished. So I want you to have a, a plan to be successful on purpose. And second is I, I'd like you to have, as Michael was sharing, habits or rituals that you do and to identify a group that is part of your, you know, uh, I like the term Joe Polish does, genius network. You know, whatever you want to call it. We have AES Nation as a virtual mastermind. You can have your own mastermind group. But that each day you're making sure you're touching one of the members of that, as well as, you know, I love the idea of that five-minute gift, that you're, you're, the power of reciprocity, law of reciprocity, you're going to make sure that you're going to, have them feel appreciative and do something for them to help them be even more successful. And then, you know, what, what I, I come down to, and, um, you know, it's kind of a big theme throughout this for most entrepreneurs, and you, you exhibit it a lot. It's not, not to be afraid of the truth. I mean, to be authentic. You know, we're all going to face challenges. Nobody gets out of life unscarred. But at the same time, don't ever go alone with a problem don't face a challenge without someone else you know and particularly ideally in this mastermind i mean this is uh, so powerful i mean as you build this open network it's so hard to get across in just one podcast the power of all this michael but i mean you did a great job and i want to thank you for spending time today because you're really making a difference Thank you, John. It was a pleasure. Well, and for all our fellow entrepreneurs, remember, you can go to the AESNation.com. We've got uh, all the show notes, uh, transcript of this, all the links Michael and I talked about, as well as you really have um, a bunch of freebies to help you have that success. Some of the content uh, that Michael and I were talking about. Now, it's critical, though, that you actually execute out of these. So go out. Make sure you've got that strong network, those connections, weak and strong, and make rituals to make them very powerful. Your clients, your future clients, all those future partners, they're counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.